That was the first time I've ever seen you show emotion, Fort Myers. Um, City Limits was sitting in your seat. (laughs) And eventually, I could see you pacing because you need to arrange the sound the way you want it. You need to get onto the computer and do all the things that you need to do. You've been a very mild man. Mild-mannered man, I should say, in every moment that I've known you. Always take a deep breath. Yes, namaste. And then all of a sudden... I heard a scream from back there where you said, come on, this guy's pulling a Nicholas Harry callus on me because Harry always sits back there, right? Yeah, he sure does, yeah. I almost headbutted him. Yeah, did that lead to any friction between no, you no. and uh, City Limits? No, he's a good man. He just was, he was but trying what, to do what was it. What was he like, doing? He's, so he's going to the wedding. I don't know if you heard, they they married a couple on the, the fan morning show. I did, show. it was great. And so I guess Is he- Isa now an ordained marriage guy? Yeah, that seems likely, doesn't it? I feel like that's something that he's probably acquired over his life. No, that seems very unlikely. The other two, I can't, I still can't believe the whole phenomenon of all I need to do is go online and 10 minutes later I I can legitimately marry somebody. Yeah, it seems like kind of a loophole, doesn't it? It seems to me that it would have been Doran and and Dr. Crowley. But maybe Zeiss did. Maybe Zeiss, uh, he has internet capability, right? Maybe he did. Yeah, I think so. What were you saying? Well, so Bechtold's going to the wedding now. I guess he's going to do the Cupid shuffle and the electric slide and all that and probably get something to eat. So he was in a, a hurry to get out of here, and he still had to didn't do all It didn't look his... like it. Yeah, it didn't look like he was in a hurry. Yeah, well, he here. had to do all his stuff as opposed to going to the back to do it kind of at his leisure. He was rushed into it. So, yeah, he was stressing me a little bit, but it's okay. We made it through so far. Well, it's wonderful to be with you. Uh, I've shortened your nickname. It was a little cumbersome to constantly say, Sean, don't call me Seth Myers. I tried to... Shorten it to don't. I just called you don't for a show. DC. But you confuse that with some other things. And uh, I think Fort after Ron Cook's new home in Fort Myers. Fort is is right to the point. You're also a very solid man, very dependable. You're like a Fort. You're Fort Myers. Thank you. Speaking of marriage, Fort Myers. I just heard an unbelievable story in the studio. I'm not at liberty to, to say names or anything, but... Somebody here was proposed to over the weekend. Did you know how it, how it happened? In the studio here? No, 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 no. In the Someone building? who works in the studio. Okay. Uh, no, I, I don't know anything about this. They were on vacation, and her fiancé took her out to the beach, and they were collecting shells, and he had put the ring in one of the shells. And he said, oh, look at this one, gave it to her, and the rest will be history. That's a big time move, that isn't is, it? That is creative, although I would say it's it's slightly risky, right? What if you get the shells confused somehow and then all of a sudden it washes away? Yeah, that would be bad. You'd have to go to plan B. I think it's a hell of a move, though. Don't you? know, you? maybe that happens with Ron now that he's down by the beach. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I hope Ron finds true love. I do. Who was the woman here that I met over at the coffee shop who said she was in love with Ron and his hairy chest? Do you remember that? I wasn't around for that, but that's probably multiple women who feel that way. If he has the hairy chest, are you willing to put up with the hairy back? I think that's the question a lot of people are going to have to face if they meet Ron down there, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you can overlook that. I'll be honest with you. For his age, and I did learn late in his tenure here exactly what his age is, but I'm not allowed to reveal it. The early, guy, the, early 40s, I would assume, yeah, right? Yeah. The guy looks great. He does. He looks like an aging Hemingway. 
I would think that that would be attractive to a lot of women in Florida. Is either you have a, a, a an aging but still strong, legendary figure who has moved south, right? He's got the gray beard. Yes. Um, he's got the speedo. He's got the chest hair. Very distinguished. I think he is going to meet somebody. I really do. So you and I might get invited to a wedding. Maybe Crowley can marry them. I was going to say it has to go across the airwaves, I would imagine, right? Or Zeiss can marry them. Yeah. That's a big move, though, the the, the seashell. You know how I proposed to my wife? Fort. Why don't you tell me? I will. Used to play basketball all the time at Sacred Heart in, uh, in Shadyside. I lived right near there, so Sunday nights we would play. I started to age a little bit, right? So I started, I sensed that they were starting to treat me like the older guy, and this was a game against really good players. But I thrived on hitting the winning shots in pickup games all my life. I wanted the ball in my hands for the 21st point, whatever it was, the 25th point. And I determined that night that if I made the winning shot in this game, I was going to drive from Shadyside to Mount Lebanon and ask Susie Marshall, her maiden name, to marry me. So, the game's going along. I'm not playing great. And I sensed that they were patronizing me, so I didn't like these guys anyway. One guy in particular was a real... uh, I didn't like him. Um, So, ball comes to me way outside. This was Caitlin Clark territory. This was Steph Curry territory. I launch a three. I know it's going in. Turned my back like Steph does when he knows it's going in. Walked out of the gym. Didn't say good game to any of these guys I didn't like. And drove right to Mount Lebanon. And she said, yes. You like that story? That was, that's an outstanding. So that was game point. Did you even see it go through or are you already out of the gym by the uh, time I it splashed down? I, I wasn't out of the gym, but the game was over. I, I knew it. And I don't know that I've played in too many pickup basketball games since then. Except, of course, against Pony when I tore my Achilles. But that was just a one-on-one. Best of three where I won the first game and led the second yeah, game. Yeah, you were dominating yeah. at that point. 20 to 17. He didn't factor into your injury, did he? He didn't, no, he didn't I just step took, on I, you on accident or anything? No, no. No, he wasn't very aggressive, I have to say. I just took a jump shot, landed, sounded and felt like, a, like if you had a one-inch thick rope and you snapped it in half. That's what it sounded like and felt like. I tried to get up, and then I knew, oh, yeah, this is what it feels like when you tear your Achilles. This isn't good. Pony did call 911. He did not accompany me to the emergency room. Bad move on his part? Yeah, probably. He probably should have came with you. I've often thought about that. I don't know that I would have either if he tore his Achilles, to be honest. I don't know that I would have. I think it's you, you once, probably once go you're in with professionals' you. hands. You know, I, yeah. I think it's fine. But I think once he takes you there, he can kind of dip out at that point. But sure, my wife was mad. I got no support. Pony Pony left me with the guys, uh, the people at the LA Fitness out at, at at Settlers Ridge. It was upstairs, is where the gym is. I was I was on an orange gurney for God's sakes, being taken out by EMTs, and nobody looked up from their exercise machine. Nobody. Very so focused. I felt uh, blown off by Pony, ignored by the patrons, and then I get in the ambulance, make a call to my wife, and she starts yelling at me through the phone. She told me not to play, that I was too old. She was right. I thought she might let that go for a moment to know that I had a torn Achilles, right? 
That's a tough day, but good good I to see winning, that you're though. okay now. Yeah, I was winning, and if the game had been declared right then, I absolutely won, right? I think so. Do you think you would have gotten into golf as as enthusiastically? No, no, I think I'd still be playing pickup hoops. It's a blessing in disguise. And I've never found anything to replace it as far as a workout goes. But, you know, it also got to the point where you had people out there carrying all their angst and, you know, upset from their work days and their marriages and their lives as a whole. And it just, I just started to see the ridiculousness of some of these games. I've actually, this morning I was thinking, how much longer do I have? I play deck hockey. Are you, yeah. You're familiar with deck oh, hockey, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Zealand Opal, do you play? I play at Penn Hills. Yeah. Um, which has produced some top-notch talent, by the way. But so I was thinking, you know, I run a team. I'm getting to the age now where I wonder how much longer I have left because even the low league there is very good. So, you know, there's some guys that just, quite frankly, aren't good enough to play in it, but they they want to get the exercise. I don't want to be that guy, though. I don't want to be the person, like you said, where everyone's, like, kind of, you know, just complimenting me when I do anything that's not terrible. So I wonder how many years I have left to do that. I'd give it about 10. It's tough to replace the sport you love with yeah. anything else. How would you like to crack a six-pack? It's off the top here. Brought to you by JP Roofing and Siding. We have an incredibly packed show today. Tyler Kennedy's going to join us, uh, hopefully, at 10.30 to talk about Yarmir Yager. We have Mike DeFabo in the building, hopefully, from noon to 1. Ray Fittipaldo at 11, um, working on Brian Trottier. All hell is broken loose here, Fort. We could have the show of the century. If it wasn't yesterday's, it'll be today's, right? Sounds like a plan to me. So in honor of our long-lost friend, Ronald Cook, let's crack a six-pack. Mm, that sounds good. Jake Gensel. Penguins phrase it up to four weeks. Uh, I was looking at a couple different stories today. Could be right after the deadline. He has to be out because of the long-term injured reserve rules at least 10 games and 24 days. So the earliest, I'm reading Seth Rohrbaugh now, would be Edmonton on March 10th against the Oilers. You know, I'm not that optimistic in the first place that they're going to make the playoffs. This very clearly makes them a longer shot to do that. But does it really change anything around the trade deadline? Now, when they phrase it up to four weeks, are they trying to keep alive the idea that he's definitely going to be available. If you're looking for him at the deadline, this is this is up to. Not a minimum of, not approximate, up to. Sort of indicating he sure could be back earlier and not much later in case you're thinking about that March 8th trade deadline out there. And maybe it's all true. Maybe he returns before or just after, in which case it really doesn't change much. Here's the bottom line to me. The total rebuild idea is completely off the table. That's not happening. It's just not happening. You have Sidney Crosby. You want to keep Sidney Crosby for the rest of his career. And you don't know if he's going to have the stomach for a complete rebuild at this point in his career. Why would he? You know, it would be a tough decision, I'm sure, for him. The legacy of remaining with one team, he may want that. I wouldn't blame him at all. I don't think anybody would if he left amidst a total rebuild. So you're weighing that. Um, 
against him leaving. So point number one, which then influences any other point, is you have to keep Sidney Crosby. And if you're going to keep Sidney Crosby, the, the, the best you could do or the biggest, in quotes, rebuild you could do is a retool for next year and make somewhat of a hockey trade for Jake Gensel and get a different kind of player in here maybe and maybe a, a, you know, a big-time prospect. I don't know. Or I should say maybe a big-time prospect and a draft pick. Or you sign him. That's it. And you have to know because it doesn't seem, at least early indications are, based on what Gensel's agent said, I don't know that he's taking the old Penguini discount here. And if you determine that, that he's not going to do that, then you almost have to trade him. And now your ability to get maximum return might be, might be compromised by this injury. So a very complicated situation, but the idea of a total rebuild, don't even think about it because it's not happening. I think really the best way to go, and I saw this firsthand as a Red Wings fan, is that you you try to contend as long as you possibly can, to your point. So I think that's probably another two-plus years that they're going to try to contend. So it makes no sense to try to start over now. And then when it does finally 100% end, you just you don't really want anyone left at that point. You want to be as bad as possible. We saw the Penguins do that before. So right. I don't see a real benefit to having Gensel around when everyone else has gone three or four years down the road. But if you could do something short-term, whether it's trading him for someone else that could come in and step in right away or maybe keeping him on a shorter term, although that seems unlikely. But yeah, when it's time to rebuild, everyone I think at that point has to be gone. Crack one. Mm, that sounds good. Sid, last night they beat the Blackhawks. You better beat the Blackhawks. Uh, is having one of the great seasons of any 36-year-old, post-35-year-old ever. I mean, this is incredible to watch. The deflection last night, and he has a number of those this year, was just ridiculous. It really was. So the idea of retooling or keeping things the same, you know, the best argument for that is you still have this, don't just have this guy, you have him at the height of his powers still. And eh, maybe not the height of his powers. That's always in your early 20s for a hockey player. I mean, Sid was once on pace for 60 goals and like 160 points one year. Something like that. Uh, the year he got the concussion in the Winter Classic. But all around, I bet you the players vote him the best all-around player in the game still. Yet again, this year. Next. Did you see this, Fort? This is from the New York Post. Penn State trustees and high-ranking university reps reportedly met twice in private in January to discuss whether to name the field at Beaver Stadium after the late head coach Joe Paterno. Wow. I mean, to me, there's still enough very heavy questions out there, at least, about what Paterno knew and didn't know and when and how he acted uh, to avoid that, quite frankly, to avoid that. And I get the sentiment for a lot of people out there that they probably want that to happen. I don't think it's a great idea. You? No, because even uh, to your point, if the majority of Penn State fans and people that go to the games would appreciate it, it just 
adds fuel to the fire. And it starts that conversation all over, which I think is something that they've tried to move on from over the past decade plus. And, you know, James Franklin, everyone, they they try to be so careful with how they speak about the past because it just creates so many more issues for the people who are looking for stuff to, you know, kind of criticize and ridicule. So, yeah, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to even really bring that up publicly. Next. Patrick Peterson discusses his future in Pittsburgh, says he's ready to play, had a great exit meeting with Mike Tomlin, said he's physically, mentally in a great place, but he's not sure that the Steelers will want him at this point. And I'm not sure that I would want him. I'm not totally against it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not totally against it. I thought he did a decent job at safety, even if his tackling was a bit of an issue. It's just that he's now going to be another year older. Clearly, the cornerback gig is up, right? So you're looking at a guy maybe in in sort of a, a limited role. And, man, if you're going to cut bait on older players, you want to do it a year early rather than a year late. I would lean toward moving on. But then you have to discuss what are your options. Next. Kenny Pickett's still the guy. He is the guy, says Patrick Peterson. I wonder what would happen, Fort, if they put it up for a vote, an anonymous vote in the locker room, if players would want Rudolph or Pickett. How do you think that vote turns out? At this point, I would think more people, certainly the wide receivers would want Mason Rudolph. Now, I think everyone would say Pickett, you know, intangibles, leadership, all that. He's great at it, but if you don't produce on the field, I think guys are going to look for someone who's going to put up the the numbers, and that's what Mason Rudolph did, albeit in a limited sample size. It might not play out like that, but I think right now they would lean towards him. I tend to agree. You know, things got a little strange for Pickett with the whole why didn't he dress in Seattle thing with him just blowing off media. I mean, I think as a team captain, as much as people might hate the idea, you got to stand up in front of people and answer questions about you um, and the offense and the future. It's just part of the duty. It is. Wasn't he real weird when asked about if he learned anything from, from being on the sidelines for those That was during the Seattle thing, yeah, or before that. Yeah, he said very quickly, no, things like that. He clearly thinks that he was wronged here. And I've always wondered and still wonder if he agreed to go out and get that surgery, maybe he didn't have to, to speed up his recovery time on the promise that no matter what, you're going to be the guy when you get back. I just wonder about that. I do. But, man, instead of having other people answer a million questions about you, I think you got to stand up and answer them yourself at the end of the year if you're a team captain. Plus, they won. Plus, guys who weren't putting up numbers necessarily with Pickett did with Rudolph. So, I, I, I'm with you. I think the, vi- the vote might go that way. It might. We're going to talk about Pickett and and local sentiment about him later in the show. Please crack one for it. Caitlin Clark makes history. NCAA scoring record last night. Uh, she would she go for forty eight, forty nine, something like that. Ridiculous, like that. Forty nine. So here's what I was thinking of with this. First of all, having a daughter who plays sports. The explosion in the popularity of women's college sports is absolutely awesome. We were all watching the game on Super Sunday, and I was with all women watching the game. Two of my sisters, my wife, my daughter, 
everybody into Caitlin Clark and the, and the building packed. I think it was at Nebraska, right? The building packed. Building packed last night. People going crazy. We've seen what's happened in women's volleyball. Women's softball explodes every year around the World Series time where there's really good ratings for World Series games. I love it. And and more to the point, I was thinking about this. I think The Athletic puts out, puts out a thing every day called The Pulse. Just a quick touch in on the major stories of the day. And the guy who wrote it yesterday posed this question. Have we, for the first time ever, reached the point where the average person on the street, sports fan, could name the biggest stars in women's basketball before they could in men's? Yes. Yes. It's Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese, right? Would you say, is it Zach Eady for the men? I guess. Just because he's such a an alien, you know, standing whatever he is, seven I, foot four? I guess, but I suppose it's a combination of different paths to the NBA, you know, G League, Europe, other leagues, whatever they are, plus everything else going on in college sports has led to, I think, the men's game being compromised, at least in that way. Like, you're never going to ruin men's college basketball. People are always going to love it because the because of the, you know, the schools. You got your school colors. That's what you, that's what you root for. And because of the NCAA tournament, right? I mean, the bracket, nobody cares who the stars are when the brackets come out. You know what I mean? The average office worker, they just want to fill it out, and it's a, it's a national phenomenon. You can't ruin the NCAA tournament. But I agree that for the first time in history, the average person would, would be able to name and would recognize the biggest stars in the women's game over the men's game. That's something, huh? The craziest thing to me is that she broke Kelsey Plum's record. And first off, up until a couple of weeks ago, I didn't know that Kelsey Plum had the all-time record. But what was that, maybe five years ago that she yeah. played? No yeah. one talked about it then. So just in five years, the, the, the attention has grown so significantly from women's basketball. Last one for We have a nice little television sports feud going on here, and it's very entertaining because it's it's a heavyweight. It's an all-time heavyweight against a current heavyweight. That's Bill Simmons against Pat McAfee, and they are going back and forth. Simmons is not backing down here. I have a really good clip of this if you want Do to you? hear it. Do you? Is it Simmons? Yes. Yeah, let's hear it. McAfee's created a new version of how to do this. Uh -oh. I don't know. We're not allowed to talk about Pat McAfee. Let's do it. He starts the show and he'll be like, Cowboys, bro. I don't know, man. I don't know. What's going on there, bro? And then it cuts to his three people. Right. And then they'll be like, well, I don't know. And then they'll go back to him. He's like, it's not good, bro. Not right. good. Not keep an eye on that, bro. Yeah. Two of them are looking to take their first cigarette break. <laughs> <laughs> and then McAfee's just uh, going to... We don't have a rundown, bro. <laughs> no rundown on this show, bro. Mike McCarthy, it's not looking good for him, bro. It's not looking good. That was followed up by McAfee basically saying, watch yourself, that type of thing. And then Simmons coming back with, uh, have you noticed with sports ratings, everybody's sports ratings are up on TV, leaving the rest of the sentence us to assume that McAfee's aren't. You see at ESPN at the end of the month, Simmons says, they'll be like, highest ratings ever for Get Up and all these different shows. Same thing for Fox. <clears throat> all their shows are up. Everybody's ratings are up except for the NBA and whoever replaced the 12 p.m. Sports Center. 
Do you know who replaced the 12 p.m. Sports Center? Would that be the Pat McAfee show? I, I think so. And he says if your ratings don't go up, it's probably a bad sign. Others point out that McAfee's, while his uh, Andrew Marchand, uh, that his his audience declined an average of 48 percent from its first take lead-in from September through December of 23. That he does a lot of his numbers on YouTube and things like that, where people go crazy over the clips and things like that. But I love this. I find it very enjoyable. Do you? I do. Uh, I I think I'll say this. I think Aaron Rodgers really kind of harmed Pat McAfee because a lot of people, I think, got turned off by having Rodgers on with his kind of crazy talk for week after week. And that became a big story. And it really led to, I think, many people saying, I'm not going to tune in anymore. I want more of this. I want McAfee to come back. I want them both to be on the air together. You should start a feud with somebody. That might be good. Start a feud. I've had a feud with about 18 different people. That's a good point. Including Yager for years and years, who's getting faded, uh, deservedly so, on Sunday. It's going to be awesome. You're not going to bash him, though. Who of my media feuds? Dave Molinari for years covering the Penguins. It was unbelievable. We used to sit next to each other, our knees touching on planes, and he wouldn't even say hello. Not a word spoken because we had the same travel agent uh, up in Squirrel Hill. He was covering the Penguins for the Post-Gazette, me for the Trib, so we'd be on the same schedule, sitting next to each other on planes. And it's a little nothing awkward. Said, nothing said. It was incredible. One time in Long Island, he went ahead and went to their PR person and said, I don't want to sit next to that guy. And I was sitting on the other side of the entire arena by myself for an Islanders-Penguins game, or at least that's where my seat was. Would they was. put you in like a janitor's closet I or something? Pretty much, because he had been around for a long time. You know, Penguins Old Boys Club. He was a card-carrying member, if not the uh, the Grand Poobah. That was a legendary Pittsburgh media feud. I'm sure people found it very, very comical. I remember how it ended, too. Uh, well, not how it ended, but I, I piped up one day, Rick Kehoe, uh, Molinari was in on the scrum, so he got everybody else's questions, and then he wanted his little private. So he got my questions to Kehoe or whatever everybody was asking, and then he wanted his little private talk, and I stayed in the room, a little room over at uh, Mellon Arena. And he turned and asked me, you know, if I would leave, and I absolutely snapped. That was a great moment. If only we had phones, the kinds of phones we have now, back then, there would have been some great videos. Great videos. Any other? Uh, let me think. Yeah, there's always there's always feuds with your competitors on radio or TV. But those will be best left to history for you and I don't have one. We're very good friends. Absolutely. You know who else I'm friends with? Tyler Kennedy. That's right. And he's up next. And I want to ask him for some Yager stories. We'll talk to Tyler Kennedy next. Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service. Providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. And the text line is brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge every Thursday with TNT Thursdays. So every time there's a game on TNT, on a Thursday, you'll get bonus bets back if your same game parlay doesn't win. 
Now, it doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel, you already have an account. NBA Same Game Parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score a bigger payday. So we'll be going along week by week looking at those Thursday games. Every Man, that Warriors-Jazz game, it was like 84-71 at the half. That's like a final score in the old days. However you want to play, just head to FanDuel.com slash Starkey to bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay with TNT Thursdays. That's FanDuel.com slash Starkey. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21-plus and present in Pennsylvania. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.